You're clean, aren't you? Except for your tower. You're a tower junkie, Roland. Okay, and with this, I just go right into it, so... Uh, hello and welcome to Tower Junkies, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. Tower Junkies is a podcast celebrating the work of Stephen King with a special focus on his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series. We discuss the themes, characters, and mythology of the series in Palaver episodes, and review the books and comic series in Kef episodes. We also discuss non-Tower King novels, TV and film adaptations of King's work, and the latest news about all things that serve the King. You can find more of our work at TowerJunkiesPod.com and follow us on every level of social media at Tower Junkies Pod. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Hurt, and with me today, making his inaugural appearance on Tower Junkies, is my good friend and one of my co-hosts on Obsessive Viewer, uh, Mike White. How's it going? It's good. I'm really good. Nice, nice. How do you feel being on Tower Junkies for the first official time? Yeah, I feel, uh, well, welcome, of course, to be Mm -hmm. on here. So thank you for having me. Uh, But also, I'll I'll be honest, a little intimidated. I I feel... Really? Yeah, I was thinking about this uh, all day today and kind of what I would Mm -hmm. say uh, and how how I would have to... The eloquence with which I felt like I needed to speak on here. On Obsessive Viewer, uh, you know, you and I have some clout. Uh, mm-hmm. We... I, man, not to just sound like a massive a-hole, but we have a little <laughs> more know-how and experience than the lay moviegoer. Right? Sure. I, I think we have some qualifications. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to Stephen King, I don't. I, I'm at the mercy mm-hmm. of listeners, and so... Um, you know, and anybody who loves King enough to actively seek out a podcast mm-hmm. specifically regarding his works probably knows more about Stephen King than I do. So I, I, I'm a little intimidated by that, um, level uh, of fandom. Sure. Let me tell you this. This is, I believe this is episode 40 of Tower Junkies. I have the exact same anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely. What I've found is uh, between, like, like anthology, which anthology is me throwing myself to the wolves, like, like not knowing anything about the Twilight Zone and then, like, learning about it. But, like, here it's, like, it's different because I am a huge fan of Stephen King, but it's also, like... I yeah there are there is always going to be someone who is a mega super fan um that's yeah, more so sure. well and there's also you know I think in 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 small to slightly less small degrees we're also like professional movie critics uh, right. in one way or another whereas like you just love Stephen King and I just like him a lot that's it <laughs> right <laughs> you know what I mean so absolutely uh, it's intimidating. Oh, sure. oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, it is. So, uh, so let, let's let's get into. Let, let's just let begin me... with the caveat then for everybody. Yes. that I, I'm. I just enjoyed a book in a show, and I just want to talk mm-hmm. about them as a movie critic, right? I, I'm, I'm right. on Tower Junkies as as the guest from Obsessive Viewer. How about that? Mm-hmm. That sounds good. And 
I'm so sorry, but I wouldn't say like, yes. So we're here today and we're going to talk about books and, and, and movies with Mike, who has a master's in English. And he... <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> oh. I did not write in in my entire – yeah, I do have a, a master's degree in English. But mm. in my entire uh, uh, – Master's degree experience. I did not. Mm. I did no writing on Stephen King whatsoever. That okay. is not at all. My focus was. <laughs> uh, my focus was definitely uh, more on writing and uh, mm-hmm. uh, teaching young people to write. Perfect. Yeah. So that's a good segue to kind of introduce you to the podcast listeners. Um, if you've been listening since the beginning, you will have heard Mike's voice in the first-ish episodes of the podcast because uh, I went overboard and <laughs> released like five hours worth of content all about the Dark Tower movie, and you did a Pine Tree Perfume segment on Obsessive oh, Viewers. Oh, wow. So you, okay. Yes. Oh, so my you, gosh. You have been technically on Tower Junkies, but this is the first time you are properly in the show. So, welcome. It's great to have you, and uh, I'm excited to talk to you about 112263 and Stephen King. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yes. One. So I, I will say one of my probably maybe my favorite book. 112263 nice. may be my favorite book, and it's weird. That's such a weird um, for anxious types like Matt and myself. Mm-hmm. To like make a claim after something that's fairly new, like mm-hmm. I, I think people are so quick to, young people in particular are so quick to name a thing their favorite <laughs> blank yeah. that it it feels either like disingenuous or or desperate or foolish to be like that thing I just read is my favorite thing. I told. <laughs> uh, I remember the day, the night that I saw Pearl Harbor. I uh oh shit. Yeah, I posted on my live journal. <laughs> uh it was hands down the best movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like 14. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, for sure. And uh in the same cringe-inducing category, I, I wanted to dig it up. Uh but when I wrote for my high school newspaper uh and I Ooh. saw I saw the Amityville Horror 2005, I called it the scariest movie. <laughs> of all time <laughs> and i was such a newbie when it came to oh. movies I, I i had seen so few and it really messed me up and i was That's so excited great. to write this review like guys this is going to be the scariest thing you will because <laughs> every rote trick that they pulled mm. in that movie i had never seen before and i was just like right this is the scariest shit mm-hmm and that's that's kind of like part and parcel with like oh you know youth, um, yeah right. <laughs> everything's the best because everything's the first yes. that you've seen yeah that's um, yeah uh, let me ask you this and then we'll get into more Stephen King centric stuff what do because you, you are um, a student of the horror genre. Uh, that's why I consider you to be like, you are the most knowledgeable horror aficionado in my life personally. Oh, awesome. Thank um, you. Yeah. Compliment. So what is the scariest movie you've ever seen in terms of scares and how do you define scares in movies and, sure. and books? Well, there's no, there's no short answer. Uh, and mm. especially not with me. I hope you weren't looking for a short answer. Um, <laughs> but the, Truly, the way I answer that, and I've been asked that before, is Mm -hmm. uh, it it depends on when you're asking me, and it depends on time. 
Um, okay. So I think about, you know, most of the movies that scared me when I was younger really don't scare me mm-hmm. too much anymore because part of the process of horror and why I love horror so much is is going through that fear and kind of conquering it. And so, mm-hmm. like, a- as much as Halloween 1978 terrified, absolutely terrified me when mm-hmm. I was little, like, I, I wouldn't sleep for nights thinking about it it doesn't anymore it's just a it's just mm-hmm. an amazing experience and i love to tap into that fear um but when i think about um movies that fairly recent movies that stuck with me for a long time mm-hmm. uh the strangers uh in 2008 stuck with me for a very long time but the mm-hmm. most recent one that stuck with me is uh scott derrickson's sinister uh, oh, nice! Yeah, from uh, uh, shoot, 2012. Okay, uh, and that's about to hit Netflix here in a few weeks, I think. It is, yes. Yeah, yeah. I have not seen it, but I think it is on my horror movie homework. Oh so. my gosh! Yeah, okay. If yeah. you haven't, you must. <laughs> it's not. It's not <laughs> even. Um, no, it is. It's pretty spooky. I showed it. I showed it to okay. a first timer uh, <laughs> just recently. Um, and it's one that affected me. It's so it's such nice. an obvious statement, but horror is so subjective. I know right. that you know I I could recommend a bunch of movies that people are just gonna kind of puff their chest and oh that's not scary mm-hmm. or or whatever. But uh, the one at least that scared me that stuck with me for a long time most recently was mm-hmm. um, was Sinister. Nice. I love that movie. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I will report back and we'll have to do an obsessive viewer episode. Oh, um, my gosh, yeah. I'd love to. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, so for our listeners here who don't listen to Obsessive Viewer, um, Mike, you are uh, one of the co-hosts of Obsessive Viewer. You are one of the original co-hosts. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You were on for about 100 episodes, uh, like week to week, and then had to go get your master's <laughs> and have kids. Um, but you come, you pop up every now and then, and uh, it's always great to have you, and I'm so excited to have you on here. Um so, your relationship with Stephen King, um, how, like, what's your history with his work, and, like, what was your kind of route into Stephen King's work, and uh, how has it evolved since? So, let me take my armor off uh, <laughs> and, and just be as honest as I can possibly be with your mm-hmm. audience. I was very late to the game uh, mm-hmm. with Stephen King. And, uh, like, my earliest experience is seeing The Shining when I was way mm-hmm. too young. Check out our Obsessive Viewer episode about uh, um, foundational oh, yeah. scares. Uh, and mm-hmm. we also did an episode where we, um, like, I didn't like The Shining. I didn't. I, I thought right. The Shining was a not good movie. Uh, and mm-hmm. we did an episode where I watched it. And then, like, by the end of the episode, I straight up admitted I was wrong. And The Shining <laughs> is now, weirdly enough, it, I mean, what was that, six years ago? Weirdly enough, yeah. The Shining is one of my favorite movies. I love The Shining desperately. And um, I love that. I love the, evo- like, that's that's something I love just about podcasting and stuff. Which we we can chart the evolution of that. Yeah, man. That. You yeah. you guys talked me into why that movie is so good. <laughs> Uh, and nice. I still, I, and I got to, we got to see it in the movie theater when it came back uh, this mm-hmm. October, which was great before Doctor Sleep. Oh, yeah. So um, that said, I, I, I know the trivia. I know that Stephen King hates that movie, uh, mm-hmm. and that's fine. So uh, Stephen King specifically, um, 
Uh, oh, and I also I also saw the It miniseries uh, on okay. on cassette tape uh, when it came wow. out in the nineties uh, on wow. home video. Yeah, which also terrified me. So, but I didn't <laughs> read I didn't read a Stephen King novel. Oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> until college, and my first one was wow. Cell. Cell? Cell was your first one? Was my first one. Whoa. I know. I don't know. What oh the man, fuck I was thinking. I know. I, I know. That well, um, I'll say this: as someone who has, I haven't read all of Stephen King's work, but I will say that it is probably good to start with Cell because there's like nowhere to go but up. Um, <laughs> uh, it, I didn't I, hate it. I didn't hate it back then. Mm-hmm. I I I'm an English major. Now I'm an English te- I'm an English teacher now, mm. uh, and I did go to school for English, but uh, I was n- admittedly not a voracious reader in my mm. youth. I sure. I was in a punk rock band, and I mm-hmm. like all of my t- all of my free time was was about writing music, and really, mm-hmm. you know, back then I was a, a student of music. I mean, I really mm-hmm. loved to. Uh, you know, I wasn't reading, but I was reading like great music, uh, trying to listen to all the great music. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, so it wasn't until college, and that's embarrassing to say for an English <laughs> teacher, that I that I really got into reading. So I read Cell. <clears throat> My mom actually loved Stephen King a lot, so it was kind of nice. always around. I, you know, every summer she would have uh, Duma Key or mm. um, Under the Dome. I remember her reading Under the Dome once. Oh, Under the uh, Dome, so the good. Beach. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that was always kind of around. And mm-hmm. I, so I'm trying to think now of after I read Cell, it was a long time before I read the next one. Okay. And what did you think of Cell, just briefly? Because, like, I, I, I kind of deride it a little bit, but I haven't read... I read it, like, way back... Oh, maybe in, like, 2008, I think. Um, and yeah, I, that, like, that might have been yeah. about when I read it, or 07. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't have a fresh idea in my mind of it, but I remember just not liking it that much. But how did you feel about it? And yeah. Well, I remember feeling like it wasn't it wasn't the Stephen King experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember reading it and thinking, this feels like a... Mo- like a oh my god, I, I'm going to be like burned alive. This feels like a <laughs> Dean Koontz experience. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, a, a just yeah. kind of this average... Mm-hmm. Um, like mo- like cell phone modern thriller thing, I was just like, yeah. Ugh. It, 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 and I and I say that in such a way that like, not a great experience, but also like, man, I I know that Stephen King is better than this. I yeah. I, I know from the movie Thinner. I know from the It mm-hmm. miniseries. I know from Shawshank Redemption. I know mm-hmm. from. Uh, uh, Carrie from everything that he's better than this Pet Cemetery mm-hmm. Cujo you know whatever that yeah. this is not the quintessential King experience so I kind of right. I kind of dragged my feet for a long time on mm-hmm. really getting into the King oeuvre yeah I remember having conversations with you about Stephen King and and like where to start and everything and uh, well you told like me where to, to start with the stand uh, and I did started- I yeah, and okay. I started it, and I did not get through it. Do you remember? Do you remember when me, you, and Tiny did 
like a nerd book club thing where we emailed each other as we were reading the stand. Because I asked Tiny about it, and I don't think he remembered it. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. That might have been why <laughs> I started it, and then I just stopped. Yep. I think we all kind of stopped. I think I finished reading it, and I think Tiny finished reading it, but I think we dropped the emails thing. I think I talked about it on a recent episode yeah. um, or a forthcoming episode. But, uh, but basically, <laughs> I remember wanting to read it because it was when lost was on the air and I was all obsessed with lost and I knew that the stand like, like lost drew a lot of inspiration from the stand. So I was reading the stand as if like there were some like big mysteries and everything that were going to be revealed in the stand. And I'm just like, no, no, there's not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But so yeah, I didn't read Again, guys, you just have to you just have to be patient and take pity on me. Yeah. I didn't read my first full Stephen King novel until 2016. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Well, not including Cell. So I read sure, Cell sure. in 07 or 08, whenever. Mm. And it wasn't until my son was born that you know I was staying up late at night. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of losing my mind a little bit. This new life this new child mm-hmm. and i was a father for the first time i mm-hmm. thought the the best thing for me to do would be to read the shining <laughs> <laughs> nice i thought i thought you were gonna say this new life as a stephen king reader yeah um also i have a kid <laughs> well i became a stephen king reader i i mean in nice. the 2016 so what four years later uh mm. since i have made my way through oh you know what i read the regulators Oh, that's a blind spot for me. I've never read it. Yeah, huh. it's it's fine. Uh, again, mm-hmm. it, it didn't I, like it didn't force me to dive in to sure. uh, Stephen King by any means mm. o- or anything else by Bachman. But right. Uh, uh, okay, so Cell, and then I read um, The Regulators, and then I read The Shining. Nice. And after I read The Shining, I was like. Fuck, this is good. <laughs> yeah, and I, <laughs> the and floodgates I think, open. I think that's when I texted you and said, mm. "If I've read The Shining, what next?" And you told me yes. Misery, so I read Misery. Yes, God, Misery's so freaking good. It, it's so fabulous. It's so so mm. so 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 good. Uh, so then I I read Misery. I read mm-hmm. Carrie. Uh, I read Doctor yes. Sleep immediately mm-hmm. after reading The Shining. Uh, nice. which we've probably done a Dr. Sleep episode. We can, yeah, we just wrapped up our Dr. Sleep series. Essentially. Oh, dang. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and then but what I, did you think? <laughs> the, the book frankly is not, is kind of disappointing, mm. but, but the movie is, um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's the total opposite of that experience. <laughs> the movie is, it's uh, so it good. was my movie of the year last year. I mean, I loved Dr. Sleep. Right. That was your movie of the year. It, it was, yep. Ah, uh, that makes me no, so no. happy. Well, no, Avengers Endgame. Oh, Avengers Endgame. Was my movie yeah, of the that's year. right. But but if we're not including going to mm. a theme park to watch superheroes. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, which um, is what I, I like that movie too. Right. Uh, and then I listened to um Michael C. Hall do Pet Cemetery. Yeah, which came out a couple summers ago, which is great, mm-hmm. great, great. I really oh yeah, love that uh, the movie, the recent movie was okay, kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then 
you told me that I absolutely need to read eleven twenty two sixty three. Mm-hmm. But at however many pages that is, seven yeah, million it's... pages, mm-hmm. it always seems so daunting to me. Uh, right. So I put it off for a long time, um, and then I got to it. My gosh, I guess it was about a year ago. I I, I read it. Yeah. I, I listened to it a year ago. Mm. I started it maybe in March and finished mm. it in April or April and then May or something like that. Mm. Uh, and I fell in love. Yeah, I mean, I, I fell in love with it in mm. in two hours, and then the rest mm. of it is just is just a love fest. So that's that's where we are. I can't. I yeah. don't know if I've read a, a Stephen King since then. Mm-hmm. So we can just start talking about eleven twenty two sixty three. Yeah, um, that's understandable too because eleven twenty two sixty three is like you said, it's a mammoth book. But like I like I knew from like when I first read it, I was like, this is this is Mike's book. <laughs> like this is this is the one that Mike's gonna love. It is. Um, it, it's so yeah. you know. I think a lot of people. Um, I like a lot of things. I I, mm-hmm. I have so many interests and so many collections. A lot of people really like to recommend things to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't. Frankly, I don't really <laughs> like being recommended things. Sure, not, I mean those people are thinking of me, and I do love that. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to sound like I'm not gracious that they right. thought of me because I am. That's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But there's so many things I want to get to yeah. that it's hard to, to take recommendations, uh, and mm-hmm. usually recommendations are not great. Usually right. they're like. Oh, you kind of like comic books. Here's a mm. Superman thing I found. And I'm like, oh, right. cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but when you tell me if you like Stephen King, if you like 11, um, if you like these things, you're, you mm. need to read. There, There is not a, I can't think of a more perfectly suited book for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, just, I mean, just the, I mean, the protagonist is an educator. Um, he's an English has teacher. time travel. You don't even he, have he's to an use English the vague te- term. Yeah. He's an yeah. English, high school English teacher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, and it's so, it's so spectacular. Like, it is, I want to say on my rankings, I, I have it at, like, number two, because I think The Dark Tower is, is my number one, but... It is on um, your top nineteen. If it's in order, oh, you have eleven twenty two as number one. That's right. It is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, number one is eleven twenty two sixty three. Number two is it. Um, but yeah, it uh, it is. I've listened. I've I read the physical book when it first came out. Yeah. And then I list. I've listened to it like two two times. I think um, <clears throat> on Audible, and it is. I mean, it is the height of Stephen King, in my opinion, yeah. of what I've read. Um, uh, so I love new things. I I, I, I struggle mm-hmm. to um, watch things that I've already watched. I struggle to like read things I've already yeah. read. I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so into the new listeners. This is where the obsessive part of obsessive viewer comes in. This is my right. that's that's what I've realized. Obsessive viewer is is like we each just have our different OCDs and anxieties exactly. and like different <laughs> versions of being obsessed. The way they manifest themselves. That's what I'm bringing it, to Tower Junkies today. It might as well have been called the anxious uh, viewer. <laughs> anxious viewer? <laughs> like yeah. seriously, I know it. Uh, so anyway, um, but it is at 
the tippy top of my list <laughs> of stuff. Like, if I pick a year, yes. like if 2021 is the year where I re-listen <laughs> to some, some audiobooks, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be, that's first on the list. I can't nice. wait to, to reread that again. Yeah. Because like I told you, and I might, this might be like my summary, and so I guess I'm skipping ahead. That's I just, funny. when it ends... And the I'm talking about the book and the miniseries, mm-hmm. which we we're also going to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a world that I wanted to be in and stay in, and yeah. and so. Well, I'll I'll save that. I'll save it anyway. Okay. Yeah you you just want to be. I just want to be in the lives of these characters. Mm-hmm. I like. I want to be. I want to be another teacher in the English department mm-hmm. at Jody, mm-hmm. watching Jake. Uh, just live in. Oh, it's so beautiful. You, I'm, I'm messaged you that I just finished the miniseries, and mm-hmm. I said something to that effect, and you're like, "It's oh, so yeah. beautiful," and I was like, "Dude, beautiful is the the exact phrase I used <laughs> to describe it to my wife who watched the miniseries with me." Yeah, it it is. It does what Stephen King. Stephen King. What he's best at, in my opinion, is, and I've always said this, it is him taking ordinary characters and ordinary people, like the everyday, everyday, normal, like working class person, and putting them in extraordinary circumstances, supernatural, all that. And him doing this time travel story, it's, it's so... (laughs) <laughs> like the actual like him like uh preventing uh, trying to prevent the JFK assassination is secondary to him just living his life in Jody and meeting these people and falling in love and and having these like interactions and it is like yeah. the best thing that Stephen King does is when he does this when he just lets characters breathe and develop and everything it is but i would argue that he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't do it frequently, or at least the King right. books that I'm familiar with, which I, I mm-hmm. guess you could call them the shorter ones, sure. um, are so are so plot focused. I mean, even mm-hmm. The Shining, which is a really great descent into and out of madness. <laughs> right. Um, speaking of the novel specifically, um, mm-hmm. is really it's really plot based, right? And I'm not saying mm-hmm. there's some big adventure in the shining, but it is the, the yeah. plot is the character study. It's not mm-hmm. about the everyday minutia that they go through. Right. Right. He does things every day that move the plot forward. The regulators mm-hmm. is super plot misery. It, it's a character study, but it's also plot, 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 mm-hmm. plot. Um, and so it's funny that you say that that's what King does best. I, I think mm-hmm. I need to dive in some of the deeper things because really it's oh, yeah. those, it's that middle 300 pages of 1122 that mm-hmm. are so beautiful. A 100% agree. And it is like, it's the kind of thing that he does. And I've talked about this also on the show, on the show before. It's something that I want him. I hope that he has another one of these types of books still in like still in him because like i think of like these sprawling tomes like obviously the dark tower series um is a big one but aside from that like 112263 under the dome the stand like these massive things where he just lets people just he populates them with characters and just lets them breathe is just so satisfying to me um 
Yeah, yeah. and eleven twenty two sixty three is just. Tops. I agree. You 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 might know the answer to that. I hope you know <laughs> the answer to this. Is eleven twenty two sixty three like the story that was in him that he had to tell and it came out, or did he kind of happen upon it? It's. I don't know for certain, but I do know that he has wanted. He had wanted to do the JFK assassination angle for a long time okay um he is but that's not very... what you and i are talking about that's not <laughs> no, what, no, no, what no. i want right wait what <laughs> that's not what you, like that's not what you and i care about oh you know right exactly like, he, yeah did, did he because i have heard that he he's mm-hmm. wanted to do the jfk assassination but mm-hmm. like this the the story of uh uh of of jake mm-hmm. and sadie is, yeah. is so beautiful, and that's what we're talking. Like, does he have right. one, of, one more of those in him? And that when when eleven twenty two sixty three came to be, did he happen upon this beautiful story in the middle, or was that also the love story he was waiting to tell? I think that that is the dare I say genius of Stephen King because I feel like that that is just because his he's famous for like just being just. He, a very diligent writer yeah. he and prolific obviously but he right. writes every day it's his it's his nine to five um i can't say for certain but i think that that's just the story that came out of him yeah. um yeah i, I don't think be he, my guess like, yeah and it is it's a it's beautiful honestly and <laughs> just the the idea that he just had this in him and just it just came out when it came out like i he wasn't holding on to it um yeah but it, it's uh, it's uh, I I love him. <laughs> you know, it, um, uh, yeah. I, I'm re- I'm usually a stickler for details, um, mm-hmm. especially in shorter uh, media fiction. Sure. By shorter, I mean like movies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where they get in, tell a story, and we can get out. But you know, a yeah. novel like Eleven Twenty Two. It's supposed to take you a month to read that. It's supposed to be oh, yeah. part of your life for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I love how it, it like, I didn't care why he could only go to 1960. Right? right. Like, I, it, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And frankly, like you said, I mean, I guess it mattered whether he saved Kennedy or not. But, like, mm-hmm. it didn't matter that King didn't care... If there were multiple shooters, right? Yeah, and you know I, I mean? love that. He's like, it's Lee, Has- Lee Harvey Oswald. Just mm-hmm. go with me. Yeah, and not to get into spoilers quite yet or anything, but I feel like a a lesser writer would have leaned into the conspiracy a lot more. Like they would have leaned into, like they would have. Like it would have been like, oh, Jake was on the grassy knoll, and that's what started. Like that's it's a whole time loop kind of thing. Like uh, I feel yeah. like a lesser writer would have would have tried to outsmart the reader, but King doesn't do that because he's just wanting to tell the story about these these characters that we fall in love with as we as we read it. Right, um, and it's it's great. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah. So, uh, what else about uh, the book? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a shame because it's been a year since I read it. the The mini series is a lot fresher uh, mm-hmm. in my mind. I guess, um, man, so much of of what I loved about the book, uh, I remember being so tickled when he meets uh, the kids from It in Derry. Yeah, 
Oh yeah. Is that a spoiler? <laughs> Are we allowed to do spoilers? Uh, we're yeah, that's fine. We're okay. we're good there. Uh, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I I loved that too. I read eleven twenty two sixty three before I read it. Um, so it didn't like hit as hard. Um, for that. Oh, did I did I mention it when when I was rattling off the long the long ones because that's the big one, but. Um, <laughs> But he, I, I, going back and re-listening to it and, and like getting to that scene is just always just a treat for me because yeah. uh, I know the characters better. I haven't read it. Okay. And the, the movie chapter two left such a sour taste in my mouth. I'm kind yeah. of dragging my feet on reading the book. Yeah. I would be very interested to hear your thoughts on the, on the book. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because it's. I don't want to say it's not like it's not like oh it's completely different or anything. It's just obviously the book has more substance and it's a more, it's a more satisfying experience. It has its issues that are like notorious and everything, but as a story about as a coming of age story about these kids and and a story about adults confronting their childhood traumas, it's a spectacular book. Um, and Stephen Weber on Audible does an unbelievable job narrating it. Like, Wait, Stephen Weber, as in Jack Torrance from the miniseries? Yep. yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, cool. uh, I think I, I mentioned this on a recent episode again. I'm sorry. But um, what's great, and I feel like this is serendipitous if the trivia is correct. So uh, he was originally... Uh, or Tim Daly was originally going to be Jack in, or was originally approached to be Jack in the miniseries. Uh, Tim Daly was on Wings with Brian, uh, <laughs> with Stephen Weber, Stephen Weber, who played yeah. Brian, um, at the time. And apparently, on in the trivia, uh, Tim Daly had to decline because of scheduling or whatever. So he recommended Stephen Weber. And, like, I kind of love that because if that's true, like, Stephen Weber became Jack Torrance in the miniseries, and then that presumably led to him like narrating it which is one of my favorite audiobooks and everything and he also narrates one of the stories in if it bleeds um so yeah so kind of cool yeah that's awesome yeah um so at what uh, should we talk about the miniseries and then we can kind of group spoilers at the end of the episode yeah yeah okay <laughs> what what as opposed to what as opposed, I I don't know if there was anything more we wanted like, to talk about. Oh, about no, the novel. Not really. I'm I'm ready to oh, okay. draw comparisons. Okay, cool. So the miniseries came out in 2016. Uh, James Franco plays Jake, and Sarah Gadon plays Sadie. Um, and there's a bunch of other characters, obviously. Right. Um, so what's interesting is that like I when it came out, the, when the miniseries came out, I was I was floored. I I loved it. Um. I I just I really connected to it as an adaptation and everything and I thought it was I thought it was phenomenal. Um how did you feel about the miniseries and and overall and and kind of walk us through how you uh felt about it? Well, um I'll be honest, I kind of have mixed feelings. Or mixed feelings okay. is not the way I want to put it. Uh, um mm-hmm. I have separate feelings. If that okay. makes sense, okay. So, sure. um, on one hand, as a standalone thing, 
it was really a pleasant, beautiful experience. Uh, mm-hmm. Made even more so because I watched it with my wife. Nice. Uh, and so it was kind of cool to have a little, uh, you know, a, a thing that I was vaguely aware of, not vaguely, but quite aware of, uh, to watch with her and experience at night. I, I always love having a show to watch with her and mm-hmm. especially based on a Stephen King thing is, is really cool. Uh, and so I think it's particularly well made, um, surprisingly well made. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. again, when it was over and I texted you about it again, I just called it such a beautiful experience and I, I want to live in that world and I want to live with those characters. Um, so I, I don't want it to any criticism I have of it. I don't want it to sound like I had like I came away with a negative experience. I really okay. didn't. My first, my first overwhelming reaction toward it was positivity, and it's okay. so well made, so incredibly well made. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, sitting on it for a little while, I think some of the changes that were made for uh, you know the sake of the narrative, sake of brevity. Yeah. Um, left me left me wanting a little bit and i think the mm-hmm. biggest thing for me which i think is also the most obvious thing is that 200 pages in the middle of the book that we love so much really isn't in the mini series right and if, we, and if we talk about the everyday lives of these folks which we do get a little bit of that mm-hmm. more than we would have got from you know a two and a half hour movie <laughs> Or even yeah. a two-part movie. It's cool that the, <laughs> to to get a series that you get to, like when, you know, you really get the sense that he falls for Sadie and that they, mm-hmm. you know, they have their the, um, the ups and downs in their relationship. Those are well earned by the TV show mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but yeah. uh, on the on the miniseries, it is absolutely driven by that Kennedy assassination. Yeah. Uh I I agree. I definitely see how that could be again, not say not talking negatively about it, but I can see how that can be an adjustment going from the book to the miniseries. Yeah. Um and having to kind of refocus on that. Um Yeah. <laughs> How'd you feel about casting and everything? It's great. Um I I have been a critic of James Franco. Uh, mm-hmm. or not really, not, not that I think he's bad, but I think some people regard him as like a great actor and I think he can yeah. sometimes be pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought he was good in this. He is now what I think of when I think of Jake Epping. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. yeah, I think we're all pretty good. What I'm trying to think, uh, uh, uh so Nick Searcy played Deke. Uh, I, th- oh, I thought yeah. he was particularly interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Weber, who plays Lee Harvey Oswald, he I, was good, but man, I was struck by that accent he was trying to do the whole time. I couldn't quite figure out what he was going for. Yeah, it it it, it was that was kind of jarring for me too. I I don't necessarily I don't usually get like hung up on accents or anything, but it it kind of it felt kind of a little off, but. Yeah. Uh, but I did, I did like his performance. Aside from that, yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. How do so you feel do, about George do you McKay? Not, do you not have? Sorry, do you not have the oh. same criticisms of the, or do you kind of respect it as two different stories? 
I would say I respect it as two different takes on the on the story or two different stories. Um, because I know that like while like those like two hundred or so pages are excised from the miniseries, like I I know that that's for better or worse it's it's needed because you can't like toil in in that stuff in that medium. Um, so I kind of feel like maybe that's maybe it's a diff- it's a kind of a, a a marriage of two formats. Like the book has that deep, rich characterization, that sprawling narrative that is populated by just really well-drawn characters and stuff. And then the miniseries is more plot focused and everything while still having some of that, uh, a, a respectable amount of that, that is allowed in the runtime of it. Um, like when, by the end of it, I still get hit, in the emotions with the, like that final scene in the miniseries. Yeah, right. Um, sure. yeah. So I don't think it's, it's too much of an issue for me or it's, it's not something that detracted from it, from the miniseries for me. It's just two different mediums. And, um, <laughs> in the grand scheme of Stephen King adaptations, uh, this is like a grand slam home run. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, um, that's a really mature way (laughs) to look at it or to react to it. Uh, uh, you bring up a good point. I I guess, uh, admittedly, I don't have a lot of experience Mm -hmm. with, I don't know, what am I trying to say? Uh, Like reading the book and then watching film adaptations Sure. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't do a lot of those. They don't make a lot mm-hmm. of movies of the books I read. And, and mm-hmm. frankly, I, I don't read a lot of like new fiction that gets sure adapted into movies. So, um, mm-hmm. that's a really healthy, I, I'm uh, like impressed with your ability to just be <laughs> like, well, they can't possibly fit, not even just mm-hmm. fit. They can't, you Nobody would watch those 200 pages it's... in the middle of 1122 <laughs> They just couldn't. They couldn't advertise yeah. a mystery thriller, mm-hmm. sci-fi time travel yeah. about uh, you know the assassination of JFK and then mm-hmm. break for three episodes to to right. do, to like stage a play <laughs> so Jim Law can you know, have his arc or whatever. They just couldn't. You right. Couldn't. That's such a, such a, such a dramatic tonal shift mm-hmm. in the span of, uh, you know, 45 minutes or three hours over a couple episodes, uh, that you can yeah. get away with in a book that takes you three weeks to read a month to read. Uh, absolutely. But not at all. That's so that I, you bring up a good point. It's funny you say it's an it's a mature thing. I think it's more just me being an apologist for Stephen King. <laughs> like oh, I want to love it so. Yeah, but uh but yeah, I, that's that's how I feel I about remember, it. I speaking of your I don't know if we I don't know how much you talked about this on <laughs> Tower Junkies. But if I could okay. just go back to Obsessive Viewer for a second and talk mm-hmm. about the 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 film adaptation of Stephen King's the Dark Tower. Oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm bristling for this conversation. <laughs> I have just thought, like, I have thought about you <laughs> since then. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't know, Matt and I have been friends for uh, about 15 years. I, I love Matt yeah. dearly. He is one of my best friends. And yeah. I, and I like, you. think about your sadness. <laughs> 
and not, <laughs> and not even just your sadness, but your desperation. Oh my god! And I don't mean this in a yeah. harsh way. You know that I love. Oh it. no, no, no! Your oh, desperation yeah. for that movie to matter to people. Yeah. And the biggest heartbreak was not that it was bad, mm-hmm. but that it didn't fucking matter to anybody. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah. Like. And it's so that weird. was like, the hardest I... thing to watch you realize. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had set, like like you said like I was so hopeful that it would that it would just be something, right? And it ended up being nothing. <laughs> and it ended I... up being it ended up being bad for all intents and yeah. purposes. Oh yeah, it is. It is. It's not just nothing. It's bad. Mm-hmm. But I remember oh, yeah. trying to tell you like Matt. This is a middle tier movie <laughs> that people are going to forget about. I mm-hmm. felt so bad. And I want to say to my credit, I knew almost immediately. <laughs> like <laughs> like there was no there was like one Facebook live video where me and Tiny after seeing it in theaters, like immediately after seeing it in theaters yeah. were doing our Facebook live and trying to rationalize it while still forming our negative opinions. And then like from there, it was like, yeah, it just snowballed into, yeah, this is a garbage movie. Um, yeah. So yeah. Oh, well I still have the books and, uh, yeah, I still think about that. It's, it's such Uh, a, it's such a bummer, but you know. No, I I don't think you're being an apologist with the miniseries. No. I, I think that's a because if you ask my wife, she loved it. She thought it was nice. fantastic, and I just I just wanted the same experience and didn't get it, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Now, um, they do add a character. Yeah. So, how did you feel about George McKay and the addition of the character of Bill, which isn't in the book at all? Yeah. Well, those are two separate questions, and I, right. <laughs> and and as a as a TV character, mm-hmm. I really liked him. Um, nice. But as just an addition, it's another one of those th- like necessities where there's so many scenes, oh, chapters in the book where he's just sitting in the apartment <laughs> alone talking. That mm-hmm. obviously he needs somebody, uh, somebody to talk to. Yeah. I I. I um, Gosh, maybe I am being critical, but I don't <laughs> love. Can we, can we spoil? Yet, can we? Talk, um, how much plot can we talk about? Yeah, we can go ahead and go into spoilers. Obvi- uh, honestly, let's. Yeah, let's 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 uh, go into spoilers for eleven twenty two sixty three. I'm gonna go both the miniseries and the book. I'm gonna go ahead and play a play a piece of music here, so you guys can can jump around. But we're gonna go into spoilers for eleven twenty two sixty three, uh, the miniseries and the book, <laughs> starting now. So yeah. <laughs> well, so um, they add Bill, 
Mm-hmm. And and um, one thing I hate that's really a cop out in movies and shows is amnesia. Uh, yeah, a- yeah. Amnesia as a source of tension, and when Bill is like falling uh, in love with Marina, and um, that's her name, right? I believe so. Yeah, Marina, yeah. Uh, uh, and then he has to put him in the mental institution. I'm just like, this is. Jake has to do some pretty harsh things yeah. to make that happen that just weren't present in the book because of the addition mm-hmm. of a character like Bill. And then he has that amnesia and has to go back to Bill to get his memories squared, squared away. And I, just, I, I didn't buy that. That was probably uh, uh, my least favorite part of the experience. Okay. The, the amnesia is in the book, though. Jake's amnesia? Yeah. Not for weeks, is it? He's I want to say he, there's there's a a bit of a jump. Maybe not that long, but yeah, there it is in there. But I agree that I do hate that as a plot device yeah. uh, in general. But I I rationalize it with eleven twenty two sixty three because the past is obdurate. Um, uh, not in the TV show. The past I, yeah. pushes back. Yeah, they don't what, say what, was, what did they say in the show? The past pushes back. There, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, which I, that's a bummer. Like I, I wanted them to use the actual, like, yeah. Catchphrase or whatever no from the book. Yeah. What is that catchphrase? Uh, the past is obdurate. Well, no, I know what it is, but like, oh, why, yeah. I, 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 it's such a weird, like he just chose a word to be. Oh yeah. I don't know. It's king being upon. king. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, oh man. Yeah. But the actual, like the plot with, with the mental institution and then, and then Bill's suicide, like it is it is it is a uh for lack of a better word clean uh clean wrap up of that storyline and that character just yeah. because it's like okay well you know it's it's just like it, it's a clean break for for the show to transition into like now it's Jake and Sadie going to save JFK right yeah which i do have some slight problems with in execution, but I feel like how so the miniseries. Yeah. Just in terms of, it feels a little clunky that it's just like, okay, well we don't need bill anymore. So let's, let's go ahead and have him jump out a window and then, uh, and then Jake and Sadie can do what they do in the book. And yeah, right. whereas where like a lot of the, um, Jake and bill stuff, if memory serves is kind of, kind of borrows a little bit from the Jake and Sadie stuff from the book. So it feels a little bit like it's uh, a little, a little clunky. Um, I liked it though for shock value. I thought it was a, it was a cool surprise that I didn't see coming just because of like Bill jumping out the window and everything just because I, it wasn't in the book. Right. So I appreciate it from a, from a narrative standpoint, but in terms of execution, it was kind of a little uh, clunky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the things I thought about, uh, that was excised from the adaptation, mm-hmm. uh, the miniseries, was um, like when she starts to question him about being from the pe- people are so quick to believe him that he's from the future. Like it's such a yeah. non-issue whatsoever, and that's not the mm-hmm. case in the book. Uh, <laughs> right? W- like some of the some of the dialogue between Jake and Sadie that I love so much is when he like is singing like Springsteen tunes, mm-hmm. you know, later. Right. Yeah. And there's like a, slipping up. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. And there's a moment in the miniseries <laughs> where he it, sings, uh, saw her standing there, I think. Mm-hmm. And I saw her standing there. The Beatles song. It's a Beatles song. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right? At, at, uh, when they're at the piano. Mm-hmm. And it's 1962 at that point. When does he meet her? 61, 62? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. And, um, you know, and uh, that song comes out in March of 63. And so I was like, hmm. oh, this is cool. They're, she's going to hear that song on the radio, right? The new tune yeah. from the Beatles and going to be like, oh, what? what is it? But they never, <laughs> they never did anything with that. And so yeah. that's one of the cool things is he's like singing songs that haven't existed yet. I, mm-hmm. I, I thought that that might be one of the ways she, she never, he never has to reckon with being from the future. I I agree. And, like I just like uh when he's singing songs and stuff, I just imagine him being like uh you're not ready for it, but your kids are going to love it. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. Right, exactly. But yeah, I I do I do totally get that cuz once the once the kind of time travel stuff comes to a head in terms of like when it's starting to ramp up, like we need to really focus on JFK now and Lee Harvey yeah. Oswald. Yeah. It's more like just quick and and fast and i do agree that yeah she does kind of go along and everyone kind of buys it pretty easily i kind of do wish that there was a little bit more with that yeah he doesn't have to do anything to prove it yeah prove it i don't know why (laughs) (laughs) my brother and i yelled at each other so prove it (laughs) you know remember from big daddy at the beginning of big daddy oh Okay, yeah, I I haven't watched Big Daddy since 2014. <laughs> How did you know that off the top of your head? Uh, because of the Summer of Sandler. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Summer of Sandler Part Five coming oh, this summer. Fuck me. <laughs> I want to do it. I'm into it. Whenever you're ready. Oh, uh, we'll figure something out. It would be fun to talk about uncut gems. You know what um, to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so how did you feel about just the kind of the aesthetic? Do you think that they that they captured the sixties well enough <laughs> as someone who wasn't alive in the sixties? Yeah, right. It looks exactly <laughs> the way I remembered it. Nice. Yeah, from <laughs> being born in nineteen eighty six. Right. Uh, I would say I would say off and on. It, the, mm. There were moments uh, where it certainly had that that feeling um but i think of um well i think of back to the future which is 55 mm-hmm. but you know what i mean um but there were mo- there were certainly moments in 112263 where it's clearly just modern day and they didn't even yeah. work that hard to spruce it up except for mm-hmm. some costumes and some signs uh, right. but then on the, on the other hand, there were, uh, really anything indoors felt very 1960, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it was distracting at all, but it was, okay. yeah, I, it was good. I thought it was good. It did feel a little bit, um, pristine. I guess would be the well. All the way. of the cars were brand new, which yeah. basically means that they just got classic cars, right? Yeah, yep. 
and like all the costuming was just very just like new it's it just seemed like it, everything kind of seemed to glisten with a newness to it that felt a little bit like uh, it takes out takes it takes you out of it a little bit yeah i agree um so in terms of the plot so there are a few things um that are kind of not detractions but like there are in the in the miniseries they have uh Sadie's ex-husband and uh um wow uh why am i blinking on this i just thought of it hang on um Harry's family yes thank yeah. you um and Harry's father that whole kind of excursion. Um, how do you feel they handled these two kind of big moments in the plot? Great. Well, because the, I think the third one uh, that you left out is the mm. girl who gets shot accidentally when they're hunting. That is taken. Oh out yeah. Mini series. Mm-hmm. And that was actually a big thing uh, for me is that before, before he spends his time in Jody, he goes back to 20, whatever, 15. I don't know what it, I don't remember what it uh, is in the book. Yeah, yeah. I think in the book it was 2011. 2011. I think. W- uh, twice? I want to say twice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? I, and, at least once. Um, at least once. Because yeah. they, they uh, uh, King hints that, you know, you can't really change things for the better which really right. hits hard at the end. Mm-hmm. And I, and I confused a little bit while I was watching the series because it had been a year since I read the book. I was a little confused. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, doesn't he go back after he kills the dad to notice? Yeah. Does he? He he does. He, he, does. he does. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. what I thought. Mm-hmm. And, and I realizes, think... go ahead. Oh, I think what he does, I think if memory serves, he goes, uh, he goes and saves the girl, um, in the hunting accident. He goes, uh, that was so great in the book. Uh, cause he goes and he just basically just plays a board game with, with the guy, with the hunter or something uh-huh. to delay him. Yeah. And the and wife I, was like, I don't know what you did, but yeah, I think you stopped him something bad from happening or something like that. Yeah. yeah and I moment. think... I think he goes I think he goes back after that if does, maybe yeah. yeah I think maybe to sort of test it and then he goes back after saving Harry or killing his dad what I think or, he goes back or, again or yeah. does he, people who love this are screaming at us right now I know yeah <laughs> I'm so sorry I'm so sorry guys I'm an idiot Oh it's fine um, um so okay <laughs> In the book, when he goes back to the future at the end of the narrative, is it still Harry who finds him and tells him about the the presidential succession? Yes. Yep. But Um, his father had not been killed. I believe that's correct. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that was a big thing. I remember, like, like... you know, there are eight episodes, 45 mm. minutes a piece. I remember after, like, at the end, halfway through the second episode, I was like, okay, are, is he going to kill him? And then, like, what's the cliffhanger of this episode going to be? That he goes back to right. 2016 and finds out that it, it made things worse? 
Oh, I see where you're going with that, or where you where your head was at. Right, with that. I was just like, huh. oh wait. And then when when Bill shows up and he's got the gun, I'm like, mm-hmm. he's not gonna go back to 2016 <laughs> at all. Yeah. How did that? How did that overall just sit with you in terms of like not like only doing the one trip thing? How did that? Well, that's what I'm getting yeah. at. Um, mm-hmm. I think if I'm applying your criticism. Mm-hmm. of the difference of mediums it's fine because again the show for for all of its um positives I, I, and again mm-hmm. i really liked it the show is about a guy going back in time to stop the jfk assassination right above all else it is a thriller mm-hmm. about that um and i think i think the scene at the end with Harry uh, satisfies the, the the moral of time travel, mm-hmm. which is to say, don't do it. You just right. you just don't get that foreshadowing that you get in the book. Mm-hmm. I just remembered that when he goes back after saving Harry's family, he calls Harry's sister and she tells him about. Oh my God! Oh. Yeah, well, and Tugga him, still dies, right, in the book? Yeah, I think so. But I remember that uh, that Harry's sister tell, in 2016, tell, or 2011 in the book, I guess, yeah. uh, tells tells Jake that, like, oh, yeah, um, uh, Harry always said he had a guardian angel um, his whole life, and he went to, like, when he went to Vietnam, he ended up dying in Vietnam, I think. But just like that, whole section was just like beautiful to me um yeah yeah good yeah Um, and like stuff like that is missing from the miniseries um which is which is a bummer it's a bummer but like you said can you do it It, it, i mean is there space for him to go all the way back because then you know the 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 what has to work on this tv show is you have Mm -hmm. to spend eight episodes in this timeline yeah. Otherwise, what? At the end of the third episode, he goes back in time and resets and then fucks around right. for a year. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I, you just can't. It works so well in the book. and I, mm-hmm. it, it it threw me. I mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely was like, oh, they're just not going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't. I, I was not hung up on it. Right. The way I got hung up on really the stuff with Jim Law. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, are you talking about the yellow card man? No, the the boy, the boy. The actual the boy. Okay. The bo- yeah. That stuff yeah. in the middle. The way I got hung up on not having any of that real gotcha. real beauty of the town of Jody. Okay. Okay, I'm following you now. Yeah. yeah, I I can totally get that. I can totally get behind that. Um Oh, there was something I was going to say about all of that. Oh, um, oh, and on his way yeah. to, uh, oh, he, uh, the reason you see the kids from it is because Harry grew up in Derry, Maine. Yeah, and they moved into and, Kentucky, and it was like, um, uh, okay. Yeah, and they had to do it because of rights, I guess. Um, oh, is that what it is? I believe so. Like, it has to be. That has to be the reason why. But I mean. <laughs> but I mean, it is—it's dairy, but it's not dairy. Red, red rum um, was written on the walls. 
Yeah. At yep. the depository. Mm-hmm. Another uh, kind of cool thing, the uh, Sadie's ex-husband, the thing about the uh, safety pin. pin. Yeah, safety pin. Yeah, the clothespin. Um, that is lifted from the dead zone. Um, oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So that that was kind of a cool thing where I was like I was reading the dead zone like after watching the mini after watching eleven twenty two sixty three and then like I remembered like oh this was something in this was in the miniseries the eleven twenty two sixty three miniseries I just kind of like that kind of cross thing. Sadie um, recovered much more beautifully from that scar than I think I imagined in the book. <laughs> uh, yeah, Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That. <laughs> that kind of I don't know that that kind of got so me. she's like oh I'll never be the same again and I'm like oh yeah. whatever right. like you're stunningly beautiful with a little star yeah. get over yourself <laughs> yep yep um, imagine. imagine oh yeah like the it, like they're like we couldn't get the we couldn't get the surgeon to come in and finish up the rest I'm like finish up the rest <laughs> she almost had her face cut off and all she's got is a, like a dot. Yeah, a, a lot. Two, a one line. <laughs> Whatever. Yep. How did you feel about uh, T. R. Knight, who played uh, her ex-husband? That whole how how that shook out in the miniseries. He was very. He did an accent. He did a. Vo- it's it's like he. It's weird. It's weird because mm-hmm. they're all Americans, but they did like <laughs> like a '60s voice, like. T.R. Knight just talked like this all the time. Like a, mm-hmm. like a John Mulaney bit. I, yeah. Like, like, and uh, now I have to kill you because what my wife told you. <laughs> yep. Very 60s. Like he was on the radio mm-hmm. or something. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, again, I didn't really get hung up on it, but I can definitely understand that. Yeah, it wasn't bad. He, I didn't yeah. find him distracting at all. I, I, I mm-hmm. f- forgot who he was. I was like, man, that guy looks familiar. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was, it's because he didn't have his, like, shaggy 2004 hair from Grey's Anatomy. Oh, okay. Uh, never watched Grey's Anatomy, so. No, neither did yep. I. It was mm. certainly popular when we were in college, wasn't it? <laughs> It was, oh yeah, and it's still apparently popular. I, I, it's, it's like in its fifteenth season or something. I, I know, yeah. Like I, I don't under, it. yeah. I won't watch it. Yep. Um, and yet, the Dark Tower only had one movie. Um. <laughs> so bad. I'm shaking my head right now. I know, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know that it again. Like, <laughs> we're not even talking about the book anymore. Again, <laughs> like my, like I care more about you than any feeling good <laughs> or bad I have about that movie, and so <laughs> all I, that it's it, aside from knowing you and being mm-hmm. one of my best friends is mm-hmm. I would I would have forgotten I saw that movie. It's such a nothing in my life, except to think. If I hit the dark tower, I go, oh, Matt. <laughs> and that's what I hate about it. Because yeah. I, yeah, that, no. yeah, that was my worst fear, was that the movie would come out, it would not do anything, and it would just disappear into obscurity, and it would make people not want to read the books. And like I heard podcasts where they're like, oh, I don't want to read this now, um, because this movie was so bad. And I'm like, that's... 
I'm not in a hurry to yeah. read it now, that's for sure. And after that movie, I don't blame you. I will say that the movie is not indicative at all of the books. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, 1922 and that was another thing I was going to mention is that they also expedited the time frame a bit. Like in the book, I think I think the portal takes him back to like fifty eight. I think so. Yeah. He has to kind of just hang out. Right. Uh, but this is like boom. He's bat. He's in nineteen sixty, and then he just has a shorter thing. Which yeah, boom yeah. kills Harry's father, and then like it's two years later. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, what have they been doing for two years? Yeah. That's another thing I said to uh, uh, Amanda, my wife, while I was watching it. It was like, in the book, you get those two years. Yeah. I think the biggest jump is a couple of months, but you get him, Mm -hmm. like, staging the play and, like, after Mm -hmm. football games and they go to the dance. Yeah. Oh, that is the world I loved living in for (laughs) a month. Now, do you love it because of the small town atmosphere kind of depicted in the book, or is it more uh, like you want to go back to like a wholesome like '60s era kind of thing? I don't know. I don't know because I I I don't think I I'm not like wistful for either of those experiences. I don't okay. like small towns. I'm from Chicago, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, I think. I don't like quaint is not a thing that gets me going. And I also am not nostalgic for the six. I don't know what it, I think it's just so well-written really. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's in the high school setting and it's the being the teacher. And it's, you really believe that they fall in love. I love, I love, Mm -hmm. I love good. I love really good romance in things that are not, specifically romantic stories mm-hmm. well wait till i start my twilight podcast oh, and <laughs> um i've read the first twilight no i didn't did you really no no oh. my girlfriend at the time was reading mm-hmm. it and we i told her we would like book club it so i think i read the first three or four chapters okay and i, I just couldn't bear it yikes um <laughs> uh real like uh uh real like big question sure do you prefer and i'm saying this facetiously <laughs> um the town of jody yeah or is it jody high school i think so or does it have a different name anyway the school or the school that you work at uh, I shouldn't say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you let's never see. Know so what might be listening? <laughs> right. I love um, my students than reading about mm-hmm. any other students. That's for sure. Nice. Yeah. Um. So no, I mean Jody is like this idealistic. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Next it's the quaintness of it too it like you very, said like it's very quaint yeah it's yeah 
Friday nights in a small town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Texas. like I've <laughs> I've said this before, and it's so lame in general to say this, but like like when I would go, like whenever I the few times I've gone down to Evansville to visit you, I would have to like take like breaks to like stop somewhere and you know use the bathroom or something or get snacks for the for the rest of the trip and like like i would like purposely like just go into these just hole in the wall towns and like go to the gas station and just be like would, i would just sit there and be like this is a stephen king town wow <laughs> like this is that's stephen cool. king <laughs> yeah i typically avoid those places oh yeah yeah i probably should because at one point i'm probably gonna get murdered you might get <laughs> yeah or shot. but yeah but it's just it's just a like a weird like nostalgia i feel for it um yeah it's it's just interesting um you have the nostalgia for the stephen kingness of it which is exactly exactly oh yeah cool that's interesting and unique Mm -hmm. so in terms of the miniseries and the book even um because we're in spoilers how did you feel about the kind of ending the 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 jfk assassination depiction in in both iterations of it Oh, that's good. Um, well, again, it's like you have to take you have to take it on two fronts. You have to be like, mm-hmm. okay, this is the way. I mean, first of all, it's a book about time travel, which is not mm-hmm. real. So you just have like <laughs> this is just a book that Stephen King wrote. You just have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when you're watching any of the more recent Quentin Tarantino. Mm. Uh, period pieces it's like you just have to be okay with the fact that these are fictional accounts of a Mm -hmm. specific time period and so in that sense um yeah i think that execution is really cool i like that they show (laughs) zapruder filming Mm -hmm. uh over on the side i think it's cool to see like they they do that well you know the Mm -hmm. the the scenes and the moments you read about when you're a junior in high school that that's awesome um, mm-hmm. that said, well, okay. So uh, like as fiction, I, I love it. I think it's really well mm-hmm. done. Um, nice. the, the, I think the drama, I like the drama a little more in the book. I, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, Sadie is shot pretty quickly. Like he shoots once and misses and then turns around and shoots Sadie. I think that that's right. Yeah. Right? Whereas, think- uh, she is kind of shot off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a reveal later that she has been yeah. shot. But both effective. I think I just prefer the book because that's mm-hmm. that's kind of my default position. Sure. Um, so there's that. I, I think that's well done. I like that he gets the call later. I like the good cop, mm-hmm. bad cop stuff. That yeah. stuff's that stuff's all great. Um, mm-hmm. Again, comparing the book and the movie. After it was done, I really had a fun time, like talking to Amanda about the differences and and just mm-hmm. saying, like, kind of what what I've said a couple times that the the show is about the JFK assassination and mm-hmm. and, and trying to stop that. Whereas in the book, like after he kills Oswald, there's like a hundred pages left. Yeah. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah. they're they gotta sum up a hundred pages in. And I like looked at the thirty-two minutes. <laughs> right here. Yeah. At which, whatever. I mean, I, I remember thinking like like pacing out the episodes and thinking like, okay, he'll probably stop 
Oswald at the end of episode seven. Mm-hmm. And we'll get there, which is not what happens. It's 30 right. minutes. And it's fine, because again, that's not what the show is about. Uh, mm-hmm. but, I, but I like... I remember thinking, as I was listening to the audiobook, mm-hmm. when he stops Oswald, like, I'm almost done. This is almost the ending. <laughs> and you're not even close. Right. It took me an additional two days to finish it. Fun, <laughs> fun... Uh, little personal tidbit i mm-hmm. listened to the to uh, like my second to last listening mm-hmm. so like he stops oswald and state sadie is shot in line at a days of the dead convention to get oh. nev campbell's autograph picture oh wow nev campbell, <laughs> which is kind of funny uh, that's awesome yeah it plays C. i didn't prescott on screen if you're not wow i didn't know you got her autograph oh you didn't no Oh, dude, this yeah, is news you to do. me. No, come on. My, uh, I got her Did to I? sign. Yeah, she signed on the cover of the DVD. Come on, you know I don't watch that shit. <laughs> That's awesome. I must have forgotten about that. Oh, That's man. amazing. Yeah. I, yeah. I, want, I remember, like, I wanted to come up with the something she's never signed before on a thing. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite lines is, come on, Randy, you know I don't watch that shit. That's I, I just, fucking I, I awesome. Know. I thought that'd be a clever thing to have on the cover of the movie. That's fantastic. Oh, I love that. Uh, she um, kind of chuckled, too. So anyway, second yeah. to last listen. So, like, he 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 goes back. Uh, he meets old Harry again in line. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until the next day that I read the part where he where he goes back and or comes mm-hmm. back and uh, dances with Sadie at the end. Does the yeah. dance that they do at the dance at the beginning, which is not the same dance in the miniseries. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. They the, play that Sam Cooke it... song, which I love. I, I love, love, mm. love that song, which ha- was played at the dance later on in the evening, but it was not okay. the song that they danced to in episode three. Hmm. Just, a, just a small nitpick. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Um... Oh, uh, I lost my train of thought. Because that's like um, how she—that's no. like how she vaguely recognizes him, right? Like at the end of the, I, not that she recognizes him, I, I, right? I, I don't—I don't mean to imply that she like right because it's a different timeline. But there's a gl- mm-hmm. there's a there's a glimmer in her eye, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, the kind of that, that deja vu feeling that suggests that mm-hmm. all of time is happening. Always, right, right, or or whatever, you right. Know, uh, is because they do, he does the dance that they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Um, kind of the final thing, and we can start wrapping up. I forgot yeah, to sure. ask how much time you. Have. <laughs> so I'm sorry. All night. Oh, right on. Yeah. So, the uh the yellow card man, um, oh, very yes. Yeah, different from the book. Yeah, extremely. Yeah. yeah. So in the show, it's more concrete. They they just mm-hmm. they pick a plot and say this is yeah. what it's a guy who also found this door and has been trapped mm-hmm. in it for several years. Right. And the book is like a whole like adjustment bureau kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. He's he's yeah. this like transcend transcendent. 
a, f- like, a fourth dimensional gatekeeper yeah. of time. Yeah. Yeah. Vastly more interesting to me. I, I like the kind of emotional feel of the miniseries version, but I mean, the book is like, I, I the first time I read it, I was like, kind of, I just kind of got a little lost in it. I was like, this is, this is like, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, <laughs> but, me too. Yeah. But like the more I kind of revisit it because I've listened to the audiobook a couple times, it's like I just I love just the the kind of throwing noodles at the wall aspect of it. Um, That's a good way to put it. That because yeah. it is. I don't think it's King is not like being very enlightening when it comes to time travel. In that instance, he is, he is right. really throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. Um, and but some because, of it's coherent. Some of it's not, <laughs> some of it's not, but because I love time travel so much, I mm-hmm. like you, I find that I found that more compelling for the yeah. sake of brevity. I did like mm-hmm. the idea of the guy in the endless loop. Yeah. It reminds me of, there's this movie I watched. Are we allowed to talk about other movies that, um, aren't, that aren't King? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll make the. I'll yes. <laughs> Is this a little obsessive viewer sneak peek? I watched it a movie. Can be, oh yeah. I watched a movie called <laughs> The Endless a couple weeks ago. Which is okay. about these brothers who are uh, who escaped from a like a death cult. Okay, uh, I've seen that on Netflix. I haven't seen the movie, but yes, yeah. it's good. Check it out. Nice. And okay. they they go back because the younger brother wants to go back, and you. F- uh, I'm gonna spoil. Anyway, never mind. Uh, okay. <laughs> never All mind. Right. I'll spoil the okay. butterfly effect instead. Okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. Because <laughs> there is a scene. There are a couple scenes in the butterfly effect. When was the last time you saw the butterfly effect? Uh, probably. It's been a while, actually, 2014. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, it's a fine yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. There are moments, like when he blacks out, like early on in the movie, he blacks out and he's like mm-hmm. holding a knife or whatever. And then later oh, yeah. on in the movie, he's able to go back to that time and you see that he grabbed the knife because he's trying to cut the dynamite stick. And so it's like, is this movie suggesting that all of time is happening at once? Huh. Right? It's not they mm-hmm. don't ever they don't ever touch on that again or what fourth dimensional travel might be or anything like that. But they okay. definitely touch on something more than just simple he goes back in time and can fix it. It, it that when he is having these blackouts He's suggesting that he was always going to go back in time. It's kind of trippy. Nice. And I kind of like it. Oh, man. I I, I wish you would have watched Lost. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I, uh, yeah. Why? Because it's good? All of the above? More of this stuff. (laughs) No, there's one one season of Lost that just really really dives into the sci-fi element of the show and i i was a massive fan of it so yeah i gotta say when it comes to lost i i trust you a lot when it comes to recommendations more than most people i I, I, i'll say I, i i trust you that you know me 
better than a lot of people. I will say that. But I know knowing you, I know that your emotional connection to certain things are sometimes stronger than your rational comprehension. One hundred and that is the most diplomatic way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and that it's something that I have struggled with, honestly. Like the the urge yeah. to recommend something to someone but wanting and then wanting so desperately for them to connect to it the way that I do. And like, it's something that I've like, okay, well some people just aren't going to connect to something the same way I can or, and vice versa. Um, yeah. But yeah, lost is amazing. Cause I, I believe you that lost is good, mm-hmm. but so many people hate the end. I, I struggle a little to trust. You. Well, those people are wrong. Um, <laughs> empirically wrong. Um, no, it's, it's, everyone's entitled to their wrong opinion. Um, yeah. <laughs> Listeners, you see what I mean. <laughs> um, I will say this. Yes. My emotional connection to lost is extraordinarily strong. I don't think that there is an, I don't think that my love of the finale or the final season is an extension of an of irrational emotions toward the show. I'll say that because well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we'll start. Well, well, I'll start a lost podcast and then we'll go episode by episode. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> which is kind of what I'm doing. On it, would the the huh? it would be the seventy fifth one. Huh? It would be the seventy fifth lost podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, and I don't listen to any of them. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Okay, so back to the miniseries. Any parting thoughts? Any other, like, wrapping up thoughts that we can wrap up? If you want to wrap up? I, yeah, I don't know. I, I tend to, when I get critical of a thing, and, and when, uh, when I mean, like, to critique a thing, mm-hmm. uh, I tend to really point out a thing's flaws uh, and I think that's one of the like responsibilities or dangers of being a critic that I that I that I mm-hmm. am a little um, I fall victim of, and so I don't mean okay. to sound like I didn't like uh, the miniseries because I really really enjoyed it quite a bit, and as mm-hmm. an adaptation, I I think it's excellent. Oh yeah. Um, nice. I, I I think it's also fair to say that the book is superior, and there are things oh, I yeah. really liked about the book that I liked more than the TV show, as well. Okay. But man, if we're if we're taking them on their own merits, uh, I think it's a really good action thriller. Nice action is not the word. A uh, mystery thriller. Right. Okay, that's awesome. That I mean, I think that is a very fair assessment. Like, I don't think there's any like. I think I think it's a very fair viewpoint to have on it, um, yeah. and a good way to kind of delineate that. Um, so to kind of wrap up a little bit, gonna kind of talk a little bit more about Stephen King. Sure. Um, have you watched uh, since it's also on Hulu? Have you watched um, Castle Rock? No. No. Interesting. Okay. No. Like you would... It seems. To, um, I've said this on Obsessive Viewer before. I don't mm-hmm. actually watch a lot of TV. 
Okay. And it's it's very difficult to convince me to commit to a TV show, especially mm-hmm. Castle Rock, which is still going. Eh, not really. It's it's okay. Is so it in limbo me, right now? It is all but dead. Um, <laughs> let me. Okay. Uh, let me. Let me. I'm gonna try to not necessarily pitch it to you, but I'm going to just explain it to you. All right. And if at the end of it you want to see it. You can check it out. So, okay. the cool thing about Castle Rock is it's it's a, it's the show that I've wanted without knowing that I wanted it for many many years. Okay, um, it is not an adaptation of any of King's work. It is basically uh, the creative team behind it taking a bunch of King stuff and just create like like playing in his sandbox and each season there are two seasons each season is completely self-contained it's an anthology show with season-long arcs and like the first season has a lot of well it's like um wow it draws a lot of inspiration from some of king's work but it's not it's it's not tied to any it's not like season one is an adaptation of needful things or anything and like season two even though it has the character of uh um i almost said kathy bates <laughs> the character of uh uh oh my god why can't i th- the, one of the oh any wilkes um it's not like it's not it's not like any wilkes is it's not like any wilkes has a writer trapped in in a cabin and stuff it is a completely different story from from misery so it's it's just an interesting kind of playground but is it the character that will one day have the author in his in her house yes pretty much yeah um yeah so and kind of my my pitch to you is that you had you had messaged me and said something to the effect of uh what should i read next or or what should i watch next because i want to i'm you you wanted to be in a stephen king kind of thing you had that inkling castle rock is the next thing you you could watch to experience like a stephen king kind of like tone because it captures what makes stephen king work so well very well in my opinion but I haven't finished season two so <laughs> take that with a grain of salt and that ended in october I see what you're doing and I commend your <laughs> efforts uh <laughs> I'm fine with it being a lost cause. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I just, I got my Pun fix intended. with 11-22-63. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah. Uh, they did just announce, or uh, they just announced that I think HBO Max is going to have an Overlook series. I saw um, did that. Did you hear about that? Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Which... Uh, <laughs> is made me so happy if it's what i hope it is because what i hope it is is that i hope that it is essentially castle rock but at the overlook like i want season-long anthology shows where each season like depicts like an era of the overlook yeah um like i would kill for that um so hopefully that's that's uh hopefully that happens but yeah do you just want to see charles grady I do. I want to see everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The I want to see. I want to see the the woman in two seventeen in her prime. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. Oh, should we wrap it up? Is there anything more we can talk about? Let's put a bow on it. 
All righty. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for joining me for Tower Junkies. Uh, super happy to have you on. Yeah, and, uh, thank you for having we'll me. Have to... Yeah, and oh, I meant to ask, what is your next Stephen King book that you'll read, um, whenever that may be? That's a good question. Um, mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that a lot, especially today. <laughs> I just finished uh, – oh, what book did I, I – I read a book that a friend published – Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's called Name the Baby, and the author is Mark Torino. <laughs> and nice. after that, I finished Michael Ian Black's, uh, his second memoir, oh, nice. Naval Gazing. Uh, and so I'm ready to get into a little bit of fiction. I don't, to be honest, The Stand. The Stand? Nice. I'm okay. Gonna, I, I'm I'm, I'm kind of going through my shelf. Uh, okay. and, and really trying to dig out that stack. And so I got a couple of mm-hmm. short pieces uh, that I want to okay. get through first. I've got like a like a history of the Ninja Turtles, which I got I need to get through. <laughs> nice. I've got, uh, yeah, I've got the Halloween 2018 novelization, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Waiting for a Revolution, Stokely Carmichael, just a couple of n- uh, nonfiction pieces. Okay. Uh, but I do think... I really do think, like I, I know that I want to give, I know that I want to give some good Stephen King a shot. Mm-hmm. Nice. I uh, small anecdote about the stand. Uh, Tiny and I are actually reading it right now. Uh, we are recording. We have a whole thing set up. Like we recorded the first section of it, and we're breaking it up into because it's a massive book. So we're breaking it up into three sections. Um, and then I think after that we could probably do like a, a whole, like just thoughts on the book itself. And if you want to come on for that episode, that'd be awesome. Okay. Um, how far into the book are you guys? Uh, we are, so it's broken up into three sections. That's book one, book two, book three, um, of the whole novel. We've just read and recorded book one and then we're working on getting book two. It's not like a... Uh, we're not in any hurry because, like, I want to release them later in the year when, whenever the new miniseries comes out, gotcha. if it gets postponed or not. Gotcha. So, yeah. Should yeah. I do that or under the dome? Um, you know, I would say, uh, I would say un, I would say under the dome because I'm selfish and I think that it would be fun to talk to you about it <laughs> since uh, I just re-listened to it. So, okay. uh, yeah, I would say under the dome and then the stand and then the dark tower series and then the dark tower series again. Um, <laughs> and then the dark tower comic books. So yeah, I think, I think, I think, yeah, the rest of 2020 will look good for you. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I got, I got uh, my whole, the rest of the year planned out. Nice. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Tower Junkies. Mike, once again, thank you so much for joining me. Why yeah. don't you go ahead and uh, tell people where they can find you online because I completely forgot to uh, promote all of your stuff. Oh, that's okay. Beforehand. No problem. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, thank you for having me, listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for having me. If you're an obsessive viewer fan, thanks for coming over to this podcast uh, and <laughs> listening to me on here. If you're a huge Stephen King fan, uh, I'm, I envy you. I'm sorry. Hopefully I did it 
justice. Uh, my name is Mike White. You can find me at I am Mike White on Twitter. I'm in a band called As Good As It Gets that I would be remiss if I didn't promote. You can find us on oh, yes. YouTube, As Good As It Gets, or uh, Bandcamp.com slash As Good As It Gets Band, where you can find all our music. We're also on Spotify. Uh, iTunes, Apple Music, Google Google Play, anything you listen to. If you like uh, acoustic pop rock uh, in the vein of Bare Naked Ladies meets Third Eye Blind meets, I don't know, Weezer, <laughs> uh, that's what we sound like. So uh, give us a listen. Nice. And links to all that will be in the show notes of this episode. Mike, I love you. I love your music. And love uh, too, I love buddy. your insight. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Even though you hate cats. Um. <laughs> I do. That is true. That's. I don't want to read If It Bleeds because there's a big old cat on the cover. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm excited to read If It Bleeds eventually. That's why I love uh, Pet Cemetery because the cat dies. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. So that's at I am Mike White on Twitter. <laughs> yes. All of your hate tweets. Um, all right, yeah, well, that'll do it for this episode of Tower Junkies. Thank you once again for listening, and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. The long days and pleasant nights, and may you have twice the number. That's our little sign-off. What is twice the, the number? Series. Is that from Dark Tower? Uh, it's from the Dark Tower series, because <laughs> this was originally a Dark Tower podcast, but we have not talked about the Dark Tower in oh, like a really? year. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, I, nah, it was. It's a Stephen King Dark Tower podcast. You gotta open I, it up. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah. Open it up. Oh yeah. Yeah. And now here's a short clip from our Patreon exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to Patreon.com/obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of one dollar per month. Thank you and enjoy. See, yes. there are there may be only two things I have on Audible that I haven't listened to. Oh, so see, I, I am, I'm a little crazy with it. I've, I know, you know, I hate yeah. that. You know, you oh, know yeah. that I can't. Uh, mm-hmm. Obsessive viewer listeners, you know that my my <laughs> stack, right, which is mm-hmm. uh, the the things that I've spent money on to purchase, but I haven't consumed, so uh, to to watch or to read or whatever. Drive me nuts. Nuts. Bonkers. Uh, I currently have no DVDs, no Blu-rays that I haven't watched yet. Uh, wow. And I feel really like I'm, I'm on it. I just got The Burning nice. in the mail the other day, and I watched it last mm. night. Get that shit out of my stack. <laughs> uh, and I do, books are – I'm a little looser with books, but yeah, I only have sure. two because like they were free or on a – like super mm. cheap, and I got them. And- See – I because I, I obviously when whenever I get a credit I basically spend it as soon as I can and I for a while maybe now actually I have uh, the plan where I get two credits a month. Yeah. Um, wow. You, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to guess how many Audible titles I have? I, Sixty-seven. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> okay. Tower Junkies is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to TowerJunkiesPod.com slash archive. You can also like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash TowerJunkiesPod and follow us on Twitter at TowerJunkiesPod. 
If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is just a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at towerjunkiespod.com slash donate, or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at tpublic.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find our flagship movie and TV review and discussion show, The Obsessive Viewer Podcast, at obsessiveviewer.com and on Twitter at obsessiveviewer. You can also find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and OVAnthologyPod on Twitter. Finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at thesecularperspective.com. Music for the podcast is provided with permission from Fingers T on YouTube. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening. Long days and pleasant nights. Kitty!